It's time to get your shit together with the Gist of It podcast. The honest, straight-talking mental health and mindset podcast from Gist Coaching. Better mindset, better decisions, better life. Hi there and welcome to the Gist of It podcast. Uh, My name is Chris Piercy. I'm joined today uh, by Becky. How are you doing, Becky? Really well, thanks. Yeah, really good. Surprisingly well, given everything going on. Well, you, you always strike me as the sort of person who's kind of pretty positive and finds the best in things. Um, is that have you? Is that how you found this year, or have you found that it's kind of got to you a bit? That's nice here. Um, it's been a funny one. I think um, I have. I mean, I, I do try to find the positive, so maybe I work to find that side of it. But um, I have found the silver linings in it all. It's been a strangely, it's funny, I feel like I was wanting for this pause, this break. I would have loved if it could have come about not through a pandemic that caused everyone a lot of suffering. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've really found it so useful to be forced to slow down a bit and just to kind of draw everything in a bit. Um, so I've actually, I've really enjoyed that time to just readjust all the priorities and um yeah make the most of this time where actually work isn't the focus so much and it is more about um appreciating other things I think the nerves yeah, I don't... up a bit now as it turns into winter but um yeah I feel very lucky yeah I mean I, I don't think you're alone in that um in the idea that everyone there's been a whole bunch of people have been like wow it's actually a chance to slow down and oh my god I've actually got time to do these hobbies I didn't have the chance to do before you know that you know obviously it like you said no one wants it because you know there's tens of thousands of people dying around the world uh, and you know people were struggling for money and you know no one wants it because of that but once once that is a thing it is down to us as people to um make the the best of the situation um accept what's going on and like find, find those silver linings so it's um it's great that you've been able to do that yeah exactly especially where we don't have control over it it's just it's a it's a survival thing in a way isn't it it's just kind of um moving through it as best you can yeah that adapt or die um <laughs> well not quite but uh yeah quite yeah so um i'm in t- I mean, I'm going to have quite a few people that I'm interviewing. Um, I'm interested to know, and I'm going to be asking everyone this. Yeah. Uh, so re- uh, remind me how old you are. I That's am not a... 29. You're 29. Yeah. So did you have any form of teaching at school regarding mental health? Oh, that is interesting, isn't it? Um because I, I was speaking to someone who's a year younger than me. Um, I'm 36, he's 35. Uh, he's, he's up, he was up in Scotland, that's where he had his education. And we both were like, nope, nothing, yeah. nada. No, I, I didn't either. I don't think I did. All of the kind of PSHE lesson kind of things are all very kind of factual. They don't go into emotions. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Emotions I are banned. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, really interesting. Actually, no, I didn't, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm just wondering whether that's something that's changing now with uh, with school or not. Um, in that case, uh, the kind of follow up question 
is what was your what or when was your first experience of mental health being a thing like de- depression or anxiety or you know what was your first experience of that in in your life or hearing about it mm. um I suppose in some way so my my mum is a counsellor um and in that sense I've always been very aware that she helps people work through things so I think even from a kid I was aware there were you know people wanted help and that was one of the routes you could go down to get help um mm-hmm. And I do, I mean, I remember as a kid as well, my parents talking about friends of theirs who suffered with depression. And at that time, it felt really kind of alien to me. It felt quite mm. sad that they felt that. So I think I was kind of aware of those kinds of things existing. Um, and, but in terms of myself, I think it was, I was probably it was probably when I began to be affected by things that you become much more aware of um, how different people suffer, how you suffer, and probably just slowly becoming aware of how other people around me felt as well. I think. Um, Did you find that was so? So, what what sort of age were you when you were you know first experiencing kind of depression or? anxiety or however it kind of presented itself to you so for me I mean it was quite a aside from the usual kind of teenage time that everyone gets I think that's your first experience of like your brain having a real time of it which is kind of natural (laughs) for everyone um sure but um for me it was it was a very um kind of key time and a big thing that sparked it is that my so my parents split up when I was 15 or 16 um Mm -hmm. and it was a really like I didn't they wouldn't mind me saying this but it was a really difficult one um (laughs) very difficult for the both of them and um I'm an only child so I didn't have siblings to kind of have that allyship in at the time and Mm. I think that was the point where I was so aware of my parents having a really difficult time especially my dad that I kind of went into it It was like I'm gonna be fine I will I'll look after these guys I'll get through it'll be fine um and so maybe that's the time that I noticed that I was finding it difficult definitely but it wasn't the time when I learned how to look after it I think that was when I was like um not ignore it but just kind of feel that I had to be really strong and just get through it without letting that kind of upset or struggle get in the way of things um so definitely I was aware of it then and aware of other people's but it took me a longer time to be able to find ways to work through it in a healthier way I think yeah and I, th- I, th- I think my own experiences of depression kind of which was for me in my kind of late teens early 20s um was that it didn't feel like there was anything that could be done it was just oh you have this thing and then you have no this is it now this it didn't it didn't feel like any I mean I was on antidepressants at the time um and they kind of made me pretty flat um but it it didn't it didn't feel as if though there was a a way out of it it was just um just yeah this is your this is your this is your, your lot now you you walk around feeling sad and everything's yeah. a bit shit <laughs> and that lack of control is really difficult as well and also I mean I wonder if it was different 
too I think it might be evolving a bit more now but certainly it used to be and kind of still is that that go-to is for you know if you it's such a huge thing to work up the courage to go to a doctor or go to someone and say I'm feeling down I need some kind of support so often the go-to was perhaps sometimes is to go on antidepressants which can be amazing and maybe that's something we can talk about a bit more but um yeah I think there's there's so much more to it isn't it than just that being the kind of treating you with the treating the symptoms isn't it it's so much more it's deeper rooted and there are so many other ways that feed into it it's so integrated and everything that you don't get taught about that's why it's so important to bring these things into school is to so that you have this toolkit of ways that you can stay steady throughout everything um and know how to talk about it and stuff yeah so it's it's learning those coping mechanisms that is so important and i think that the is what can be a trigger for you know severe problems at later in life um like addiction and just well that's that's the main thing that springs to mind is addiction that's you know if you don't have a coping mechanism when you're feeling super anxious or really unhappy or like you want to harm yourself then you know there are other ways that quieten that yeah that are not good (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) definitely so definitely want to dive into the other things in just a minute but i just wanted to ask you so when you were kind of 15 16 you were first uh dealing with all of this um this well these depressive thoughts or what, whatever it was for you um yeah. you were you said you were kind of right i'm gonna power through this because my parents are having a, a tough time did at that age um did you feel able to talk to your friends about that sort of thing was that did you have support like a support network there no and this is I mean I can remember I remember the moment where I was kind of saying I will be fine I think at the time it's not to say I didn't have I had wonderful friends I'm still really close friends with those guys and had I opened up to them they would have been incredible but I just I think I had this feeling of where partly I didn't want to be a burden I didn't want to put my stuff onto them and also I think I was a bit embarrassed like as much as I there were loads of elements that fell into it actually firstly I felt like you know loads of people's parents split up because you know you can be fine like surely I should be fine and also a kind of embarrassment I suppose of knowing that of kind of talking about it like the way the way it all happened would just be difficult to talk about in a way that I didn't feel embarrassed about even if I shouldn't have been embarrassed so I think I very much just locked it all in and that's one of the biggest things that I do regret or maybe look back and really recognize is that yeah Mm. I talk about it with any friends actually I didn't let on how difficult it was and at the time I couldn't talk about it with parents either so it was very much all in me um yeah (laughs) and I've it's 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 really sad and it's um that that's how we you know and I think that's so normal and that's one of one of the re- one of the goals of the podcast is to get people talking about it more because like mm-hmm. the the ultimate quite I mean when I've done therapy with people and it's not uncommon for like a therapist to perhaps be the first person to that they've spoken to about an issue yeah and 
when they say, oh, I can't talk to my friends about it, so I don't want to be a burden, you know, I, they've got their own stuff. And then the, the, the question I always would always ask them is, if, oh, so who, who's your best friend? And they'd say, oh, it's Rob or whoever. And my, my question is then, okay, if Rob came to you and said he was having a real hard time, what would you do? And the answer is almost always, well, I'd sit there and listen and support and give him whatever he needed. Exactly. So, so unless your friendship is so toxic that it's not a two-way street with this sort of thing, yeah. in which case it shouldn't be a friendship, then yeah. just just start opening up about it because uh, you no, know, no, so, no. And it makes for the friend, like it makes for really deep friendships. It's beautiful. Like you know, as much as I didn't talk then, the friends I have around me now, and the, some of the same friends, the newer friends I have, we are so open with each other, <laughs> and it's like. <laughs> It's just so freeing. It's gorgeous. It's just really kind of, um, I think you just feel much more stronger in your kind of love for each other because you really like, you know, the ins and outs and you know how to support each other. Um, yeah, that's, it's just the biggest thing, isn't it? I can't recommend it enough. And especially, I mean, this is a huge topic at the moment, isn't it? But guys as well, like I, it's great when my guy friends open up to me and I wish they could open up to each other. Maybe you'll have, thoughts about this or notice it amongst your friends I noticed definitely some of my guy friends are speaking a lot more to each other more emotionally but I think that's been a difficult thing for them in the past um yeah I mean my my closest friends are very we're kind of very open about you know kind of directly asking each other so how how are you dealing with this at the moment or what's going on with this or and it's very much a kind of two-way street in terms of support and you know sometimes you're the support and sometimes you're leaning on that support you know it's and it's yeah. like you said it's a, it's a really it's quite a beautiful thing once it's up and up and running I mean I, it bothers me how it's seen as a weakness to right. be yeah. have um mental health problem anxiety yeah. depression you know w whatever it might be um yeah. because it's just not it's 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 no no more shameful than a broken leg yeah completely. So, that's so true like, that's so true and it's so strong i mean that's the biggest thing isn't it you, it's so brave to open up and it really pays off there's a real strength in it um in my teaching so i teach yoga as well and um I talk a lot about this, the power of hand and this kind of being soft and strong and it being very much the same thing, like being soft is strong, being strong is, you know. Um, yeah. And it's exactly that. It's like you just have to, um, yeah, there's so much strength in being able to be super vulnerable. So. Yeah, well, the, the expression I like is um, be strong enough to show your weaknesses. Um, yeah, nice it's um it's yeah some no one no one needs to be like amazing and perfect all the time yeah you can you can you are allowed to just be a big blubbering mess if yeah you know, if, if if that's what <laughs> if that's what you need to be um you know if any if any friend you know you open up to turns around and says sorry i don't want to be burdened with this then that's not great is it no no then you, you no 
And if you if, <laughs> no, if you are if you are that sort of person, if you cannot deal with that, then find out what your role is in it. You know, if you can't deal with that person, if you're incapable of taking on someone else's problems, then be the person that points them in the right direction. Be the person yeah. that comes with them to an appointment. You know, right. you, can, yeah. you can be like. You can just be the person that goes, yeah, I honestly, that is not in my wheelhouse. I don't know how to deal with yeah. a guy, another guy crying, but I can do this. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. Don't, don't, um, don't dismiss it. Um, and I think that's the, yeah, it's important, isn't it? Because there will be some things that come your way, maybe that do feel a bit out of your depth or do kind of set kind of, alarms in your head I guess where you think I really want to find them some real help and often mm. encouraging them to get there to find it and in the same way on a different kind of route of it I talk about this a lot with another friend of mine as well is this um I think friendship can be really powerful and there's this element of where you do really need that compassion and that softness and that real kind of warmth but then with definitely with depression, with other kind of feelings of difficult feelings, there has to come a point when you have to work to get better as well. And I think sometimes the role of a friendship still with that compassion and that support needs to be like, right, you need to you need to do something about this. I'll be I'll move with you, but you need to work out of it as well. Finding that balance, do you think? Yeah. Is that a bit harsh? I think it's good um, to kind of work for it no I think you're absolutely right um in the um when I was speaking to Liam and my, my last chat with someone he was saying how he was having a, a really tough time of it and was just becomes he you know, was clinically depressed without really realizing it had become pretty just wow. wait he just he described himself as oh I thought I was just being a lazy fucker um wow. but um he said one of his friends literally just turned up at his door and said you've been skipping the gym for a month we're going there now and just like dragged yeah. him out great um, and you know so, sometimes sometimes you use the carrot and sometimes you use the stick yeah um and that's when a good friend can come in and like know you if you know how someone works then you can use that to your advantage and be like right this is this is what's going to shake you out of it i like that and moving is so good for it <laughs> as well it's so powerful so yeah, yeah you're, I, I see on your um social media posts um a lot about just the word move and movement um so what's what's kind of driven all, all of that for you then or do we could have the long story we could have what i'm kind of what my area of interest is i guess on the surface of it i am really interested in this connection of mind body um yeah how integrated it is how um what you do with your body how you move feeds into your mind emotionally and like your biology and your hormones and everything like that and equally how your mind and the things you go through emotionally impact on your body physically um and the connection there so that's definitely what I study and the moving through it can be a really good way to access it and um become more aware and realize how to find some compassion and strength um emotionally through physical movement 
and vice versa. <laughs> um, it's pretty fascinating stuff. Yeah. How did, and how, how did you, did you uh, did find this out intentionally or did you kind of more fall into it? What was the kind of route for that? It was definitely accidental. Um, I think as a foundation, I'm much better at talking now, but um, I find I often find when I'm like heightened emotions of any kind, even now, if I'm going through some kind of, I don't know, heartbreak or anger, I'll want to dance or move or run any anything that kind of shakes it out physically, especially when the kind of the words can't get it out or do it, <laughs> then the moving is what works for me. So kind of that was just a um, I wouldn't have known that that's what I was doing, but it I found release through movement. But I think I absorb everything physically. So definitely when I was going through that time when my parents were breaking up, um, I developed IBS symptoms. So I felt it a lot in my digestion mm. equally. And I'm happy to I talk about it a lot now. Um, I so my coping mechanism <laughs> where I wasn't talking ended up by finding control through food or through lack of mm. it so through um well anorexia really so I I sunk into that for a while and I guess in that way it was very much like my words weren't able to express that I needed some help um or find control and it all came into the body so it was all very much finding this control through the body um and then I think it was working out of that so recovering from anorexia was very much about um learning how to be a team again I think but even then I didn't realize what I was doing so I started practicing yoga and I loved it um and it it just filtered in all the kind of philosophy the theory the um, you know the anatomy of it everything just learning how clever your body is realizing your potential as you kind of grow and experience through it and definitely importantly the breathing um just kind of um it settled a lot it's really good for digestion and really good for movement and um kind of helped me through that recovery time I feel like I'm getting off onto lots of tangents now but um I <laughs> into it is like accidentally realizing how powerful yoga could be for me and then being curious of like why was it good for me and then I dove into kind of studying and geeking on it more and then wanting to give it to everyone else <laughs> I don't I don't think you're alone in you know not not just in terms of yoga as a thing but in terms of what the way that most therapy or therapists find their way into I mean, some people go into a job of therapy because that's you know it's what they want to do or whether it's physio or being an osteopath or you know whatever it might be um you know so many people find their way into the, that sort of work because they find that that's helped them and they go okay well I now that works for me I need to now know everything about that yeah. and now I want to share that gift with the world because you know you will you will know better than anyone Becky that though how great something how, how great yoga can be and how kind of um transformative it can be so 
what why wouldn't you be the strongest advocate for that in the world right it's it just yeah. it all just aligns and makes sense yeah and it's just so lovely to share with people from the geeky side and the emotional side it's very cool i talk a lot about how cool your brain and body is <laughs> so what what would you say makes it so cool i mean what's you know if, if some let's say you say that and a, a random stranger overhears you says what do you mean the mind and body of Paul? What, what would be your, what's your answer to that? There is so much going on underneath it all. So I think the thing I find really interesting is breathing. So we're breathing every day, right? But um, it's this, it's this control you can have over your nervous system. So whenever you're sparked into this state of stress or anxiety, and you're sent off into your fight or flight mode the thing that can bring it back the kind of the one thing that we have this conscious control over in our nervous system is the breath particularly a slow exhale to reduce the heart rate and in turn that sparks everything else to bring your body back into its um parasympathetic nervous system so your your rest and digest state and then in the breath there's just all sorts of things so your vagus nerve is the really cool nerve. It's the longest cranial nerve joining your brain and your gut, but also is connected to your digestive system, your respiratory system. And the more you breathe consciously, the more it tones this vagus nerve. So conscious breathing is like a workout for your vagus nerve. And then it means that the messages can travel quicker between the brain and the, and the gut. And so it means that as soon as you do start breathing lower, you will more quickly come into this rest and digest place. So loads of things like that. Breathing's really cool. But then equally, because I, I ran a course recently on um, yoga for anxiety and stress, and I do these fairly regularly, but the first part of it <clears throat> is all about breathing. And I got to the point of being like, so why do we, why do we move? Why we actually do the poses the asanas and yoga why don't we just sit and meditate and breathe but when you're moving there's loads going on with your hormones as well so I'm sure I can find some other cool facts about this so say um <laughs> stop me if I'm just sinking into a a cool thing no fascinating <laughs> continue <laughs> but um so yoga plays a big part in neuroplasticity. So your brain's ability to change through creating new neural pathways, connections. Um, and it's been shown now that you can continue to, your brain will continue to change throughout your life now. Um, and yoga is associated with all sorts of things like um, bigger prefrontal cortex, which helps with all your kind of executive functions like memory and planning, problem solving, self-expression, lots of things like that. And then your hormones. Um, in yoga poses, like when you're, um, if you're upside down, it's really good for easing anxiety and stress because it uh, lowers your cortisol. Um, and things like stretching, um, stretching lets the endorphins in basically. Um, the way that the cells work um, yeah, let's, let's the endorphins get absorbed and do their thing um, 
oh, there's loads. It just works with the body's endocrine system. So your hormones, the different poses kind of um, pressurize and depressurize different um, endocrine glands that just balance all your hormones and bring the brain into a steadier way too. There's okay, loads. So, and that, but, I mean, I'm I'm just sat here fascinated. So that's it's it's, it's really really awesome stuff. Uh, I'm I'm learning. Um, I'm so I'd imagine that there could possibly be some people listening in. If there is anyone listening, and they're thinking, yeah, mm, uh, it all sounds a bit namby pamby, just <laughs> like standing in a certain way, and you know. Yeah. Stre- stretching yeah. a bit and do- doing um doing some breathing. How's that possibly yeah. going to help me? So is there is there a short breathing exercise that you could like describe for people to do that they could go away and try and then they would feel an immediate short short perhaps impact from that. Is there, is there anything that you can that you kind of can just throw at the naysayers that would um or am I just kind of throwing you at the deep end by saying that? No, we can we can do that for sure. The the main thing I'd say is nose breathing. Breathe in mm-hmm. through your nose and out through your nose. Um, you really want to elongate the inhale and the exhale, um, especially the exhale. But even simply by breathing through the nose, it will automatically slow the breath down. Um, and I think, I mean... I guess what can be interesting here is that it has awesome results for calming the brain down, calming the nervous system down. But for anyone who finds yoga or meditation a bit slow and not for them, this same nose breathing can be really powerful in um, like higher energy sports and extreme sports even. If you can find this nose breathing throughout, it really finds focus, it finds steadiness. And so the reason behind this, because I I think it's, I get frustrated when I get told that something's really good, but I don't get told why. <laughs> but breathing yep. in your nose, because the nostrils are smaller than your mouth, it takes long same amount of breath to get in. But also, mm. your nose is designed for breathing and your mouth is designed for eating. So by breathing in through your nose, firstly, it... Um, activates your diaphragm so it draws the breath deeper down into the body so deeper down into the belly rather than being up in the chest so breath in the chest is more associated with anxiety or shorter shallower breaths whereas this deep belly breathing will take longer and the nose filters the breath so it sure it's a good temperature a good moisture to be absorbed and in the lungs, when the breath is drawn down to the bottom of the lungs, because there's more blood passing by the bottom of the lungs, and because the breath is now warmer and has good moisture, it can more easily be absorbed into the bloodstream and more oxygen into the bloodstream as well. So just by breathing in and out through your nose and really trying to lengthen the exhales, you'll be slowing your heart rate, bringing more oxygen into the body all of that I'm not sure if that helps breathe in and out through your nose count to six on the way in and six on the way out that's what I'd say (laughs) well I've I've been nose breathing throughout that and I have to say it was genuinely quite a 
calming it may have been your your angelic voice um, <laughs> resonating through or it could have been the nose breathing but I just it, <laughs> g- g- genuinely calming so um yeah, yeah I, th- I think I think that's great I mean I I can appreciate that there's be a lot of people who just poo-poo the idea of meditation and yeah. um, I, I, I I get it but I can honestly say I mean I I wish I found I wish I made myself find more time to meditate because yeah. I, I do it a couple of like two or three times a week I sh- I'd, yeah. I'd love to do it daily and there's no good reason why I shouldn't but because yeah. the, the thing I find is that I've never regretted a meditation it's not like I've ever meditated and gone oh yeah. god I've, that was shit I wish I hadn't done that <laughs> N- not yeah. ever once happened every time I'm just like I should do this more right I know but it's so easy to realize that after we've done it it's definitely a discipline yeah. and hey I I used to think it was fluffy and namby-pamby and even still now as a teacher sometimes I get really frustrated by the fluffier sides of it all as much as I am into the spiritual side of it I you know sometimes it can be a bit fluffy and I feel like that can put people off but um there are some great people that talk about it actually especially like uh this is probably quite sweeping as well but for guys I think a really good route in there are a few people I'd say there's a guy uh, do you know the comedian Limmy is that his name the Scottish comedian Uh, and um he's written a brilliant book about his own kind of struggles with mental health um and there's an awesome chapter in it that's um, uh, I was sent that um, is him talking about how he meditates. And he just talks about it in the most real way of basically saying, because, you know, meditation can be painted out to be such a like elaborate thing. But he was like, all I do is sit and watch my breath. Um, that's it. I just sit and I breathe and I watch it. Um I will try maybe I'll send that to you afterwards I'll send you the paragraph because it's just like it's written the most real way with some great swearing in it as well which is really good um good yeah uh, I, I, I think that's the sort of thing that needs to needs to happen it needs to yeah. have the kind of wank, wankiness removed from it because yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, somebody's just like because essentially it's just sitting and breathing so what it doesn't need to be yeah. it doesn't need to have all of the whatever surrounding it yeah you don't need to have your essential oils next to you you don't need crystals as much <laughs> as work for someone you might just want to sit and stare at something or even sit and stare at the sea that's what I mostly did like that's I'm in Bristol now and the biggest thing I do to look after myself is escape to the sea and then just stare at it <laughs> um and breathing with the sea can be awesome but that probably sounds a bit fluffy as well actually the other one I, I think it's it's a it's a natural metronome is what it is so you know that's it that's it timing um but yeah. on the on the note of lads I'm gonna throw one more in because I surprised myself by enjoying this too but um the Joe Rogan podcast <laughs> and I really thought I would hate it but I actually mm. I have some of the episodes but there's one um with I think it's with Laird Hamilton, who is a big wave surfer, mm. and he talks a lot about the power of breathing um, and movement in terms of like, yeah, looking after your brain, but also finding some real resilience and real strength through it. And he's someone who's like real kind of not fluffy. <laughs> he's not a fluffy guy. Yeah. He surfs, 
but swears by nose breathing. So on that kind of note of it, you know, I think it's really cool that they're you know, not aware of those couple of things. So I'm going to definitely gonna be looking into that because that's the sort of thing that needs to happen, I think. But right. I'm sure you've you've encountered a lot of people who go, oh, I'm just really bad at it. I just start my brain starts wandering. And you know, so yeah. for those people who perhaps have tried it and think they're bad at it and their mind wanders, what what do you say? What's your line that you say to kind of convince people to kind of to carry on through it or to or what's the method to um, get over that like hurdle with it? Yeah, firstly, it doesn't matter. All, all of our minds wonder. You can find different ways to tune into it. Um, there are often things you can do like um, like counting the breath, just going through the numbers. Some people like to have, um, you know, a, man, a mantra or something that you say to yourself. When I was training in my yoga, my teacher gave me, um, I had to say I'm calm on the inhale and I'm confident on the exhale. Um, or you can get monkeys that help you count the breath. But also, I think an important thing to say is that if you are going through a really hard time mentally, or especially if you're dealing with trauma or anything where it's actually quite difficult to just sit in your mind a lot, it isn't very nice to sit quietly and breathe. And that I think that's where movement and breath can come in quite nicely because you're focusing on the movement and the action you're doing at the same time as breath and so it helps you find that focus and it's like a move a moving meditation um and I I used to find it really I mean I still find it really difficult to just sit still and not do anything I need to do quite like productive rest <laughs> so yeah <laughs> felt like I could be moving and doing at the same time as having this kind of resetting so I guess it's finding what works for you but not giving yourself a hard time if you end up thinking about like you know other things find a way you can draw it back if you notice yourself doing that don't punish yourself but come back to just watching the breath or counting I think yeah I think one of the important things I think to can to, to recognize is that meditation is a skill as in it's learnable it's not yeah. you know you know you wouldn't you wouldn't expect to just walk up and be able to play Beethoven yeah. when I sat at a piano you yeah. you know you make some mistakes along the way before you learn a bit of music and you know just like with meditation yeah your brain is going to start wondering whether you need peanut butter or not you know or, exactly. and it's just like the, the brain's job is to do thinking so it's going to keep doing thinking um and and that's absolutely yeah. 100% fine but um yeah. yeah i like to um um draw attention to the, the the mindfulness thing of just whatever comes into your head is fine and, and just yeah. just to tell yourself i'm thinking about i mean the way that i i personally use mindfulness i mean i often use it if i'm struggling to get to sleep is i will just lie, lie there and just close my eyes and you know do some breath counting or you know breathe for a certain amount of in or out or whatever and yeah what I what, as soon as something comes into my head so oh, I can feel the duvet on my toe and then yeah. I'll just say to myself and that's okay and, then, yeah. and so whatever come whatever thought comes into your head you go 
I'm thinking about Game of Thrones and that's okay. I've got yeah. a pain in my left knee and that's okay. You know, wh- yeah. whatever it is, just reminding yourself that that's fine. Whatever yeah. you know, it's fine, it's okay. Whatever's going on, no judgment, just yeah. allow that to flow. I mean, what, is, is that something you're on board with or is that not yeah. how you feel like it should be done? Oh, no, for sure. It's like coming into this observation zone, isn't it? Um mm yeah learning to and in some ways it kind of steps you back a bit out of the emotion of it so um if you're just becoming aware of what you're thinking and feeling you can uh almost like separate yourself from the intensity of it and respond in a way that's kind of that you can care for yourself (laughs) I don't know if that makes sense but there's a there's an element of buddhist teaching isn't there where it, it kind of um <clears throat> where you observe what you're feeling and your thoughts and then you kind of take them and care for them um as though that you're kind of like yeah caring for it as though it's a child so it allows you to respond rather than react and I guess that's part of it and that's kind of what you learn within the meditation and the mindfulness is just that awareness and acceptance so definitely whether it is like noticing the duvet <clears throat> noticing the duvet on your toe or noticing some kind of big emotion bubbling up um it's being able to step away from it being like yeah that's there what are we gonna do about it i think yeah we can do absolutely nothing about it and we can deal with it later on it may if an emotion bubbles up it may well bubble down again um yeah i think it's it's such like i said i've never once regretted doing it (laughs) um and it's this is sort of thing that I think. So, if if someone wants to try it, what would what do you say is is the best way to just to try meditation? Like they wanted to, to at the end of this podcast, they go, you know what, sounds good. I'm not sure completely about it, but I want to give it a go. What what's like the how do how do they get their foot in the door with it? In your opinion. So. And then there's a follow up question of the same question, but with yoga. Oh, great. Um, I think if I think it's, if you're super new to it and find it difficult to run yourself, there are some brilliant apps there out there now for free. So I would maybe try with them. There's there's a really lovely, simple one called the breathing app and it just has um, chimes. You can set the timing so that it counts you to breathe in and out for the same length and for about 10 minutes. Um, and that's meant to be one of the best ways to, uh, steady the nervous system is with that, um, like equal breathing. Um, but equally like, um, oh, what's the really headspace gets such good feedback. People love that. Yeah. Um, it's meant to be really good. There's a guy as well called, uh, uh, breath pod on Instagram. And every morning at half past seven, he does, a free Instagram live breathing practice. So just tune into what's out there, I think. Um, treat it like dating. Find the kind of the breathing app or guide that works for you and um, go with it for a bit. Yeah. And so with yoga as well, is it is, is it the same same thing or is, it, is there a different route into it, do you think? Yoga, definitely, again, find the practice that works for you. Some people like the kind of stronger, more 
active ones. If you're looking to uh, calm the nervous system more or kind of tune into that calmness, a slower practice like um, Hatha, some vinyasa classes if the teacher is a slower vinyasa teacher or yeah the the karma yoga practices which I can give examples of if useful um will be really good um it's really difficult at the moment during this pandemic because it means that we can't get into the physical classes so much which that can be lovely is being with a teacher and also the group there's that just the support of being with other people without having to talk to them is great and also it means that a teacher can really watch your body and uh provide you with the guidance that you need to suit your body and where you're at so whenever the world allows I would say definitely try and get to a class um in person tell the teacher that you're new to it let them know about anything that you're working with and they should be able to work it for you otherwise um the good thing about the pandemic is that there are loads of online classes now so like I've practiced with some of my favorite teachers that I haven't been able to get to for ages during the so I've practiced with my teacher who's over in Bali or um or when he was over in Spain and um that's been really nice I teach online classes you're welcome to come to mine or there are loads on YouTube um uh there's a I'm not gonna remember all the names now but um Hey, if you have like show notes or anything after this, I can yeah send send um, send across some some links and I'll I'll put them in the show notes so people can have a look at all of these uh, these wonderful resources that you're talking about. That'd be great. And then it's just trying it. I think it's it's like with therapy as well. You just have to find the teachers or the therapists that suit you, and um yeah, and go with it, and then just do it, even if it's just ten minutes a day just just do it I think (laughs) yeah absolutely I mean I think that whether it's meditation or whether it's yoga or whether it's mindfulness practice you know it's any amount of minutes that you do it is better than zero minutes yeah um, this is what helps you through um like mental journeys as well as finding this discipline and this um strength in working to move through it I think yeah okay so gonna wrap things up uh final question um if i'm gonna think of something good now um so obviously the meditation and the yoga kind of go hand in hand with each other yeah is it absolutely fine just to do one or the other or do you think that they works so well together the movement and the breathing and the control of your own thoughts that it is absolutely the best thing to do them together um I think you can definitely do one or well so meditation I think it can definitely exist in itself you can definitely do that on its yeah. own um yoga the breath is so integrated with the practice that I think you can't you can't really help but enter into meditation through yoga. Um, so you're doing so you're doing meditation by proxy, you know, even if you don't intend to, is this going to happen? Is end up happening? 
yeah maybe it's a quite it's quite a good way to sneakily get people into that meditation zone just by getting them into yoga <laughs> um, stealth meditation yeah it's it's a gateway it's a gateway route to yeah. meditation gateway drug yeah it's the gateway drug to meditation so yeah it's how you rope us all in exactly um, so it started this is me getting into geek mode again i'll say it really super quick but yoga started as no, no you carry you carry on <laughs> but asanas like postures in yoga came in much later within like the past kind of 100 years or so is when more of the movement has come into yoga before then it was all very much about sitting and finding a way to breathe and come back to stillness so um yeah yoga is breathing there's there's no escape from the meditation i'm afraid (laughs) (laughs) one way or another you'll get us right yeah So, Becky, if people want to find out about uh, working directly with you, uh, Yoga with Boosh, how do they uh, how do they do that? So you can find me on socials uh, at Yoga with Boosh. That's B-O-O-S-H um, on Facebook, on Instagram. And I'm Yoga with Boosh at Gmail dot com. And then I teach via Zoom online on Tuesday and Thursday mornings and Tuesday evenings. So um just get in touch either via the socials or via email and I can give Zoom links and um, yeah, get you on board to join, which is lush at the moment because you can join from wherever you are, um, from home. So yeah, happy to welcome anyone into the classes. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining us today, talking about your experiences with mental health, uh, talking about how yoga and meditation, you know, helps you kind of overcome that and how it still continues to be a, an aid within your life has been absolutely fascinating hearing everything about it so thank you for joining us thank you such a pleasure real pleasure enjoy today's episode then give us a rating and hit subscribe head to gistcoaching.co.uk to read blogs get in touch or find out more about working directly with chris to get your shit together To follow us on social media, search for GIST Life Coaching.